Can I talk to you? You look good for the time of morning. You're gonna make this hard, aren't you? Wouldn't be me if I didn't. I've been thinking that me and Nikki, we've become too dependent on you. And you call yourself a writer. Now can't you do better than that? Okay, I love him, all right? You satisfied? I wanna have something that I thought I never would. A real family. Holiday, all my life I've been trying to get into the loop. I just, I'm so tired of being different. I want it to be a family that I can be proud of. Like a man and a wife and a child. You act like God picked you and only you to give a hard life to. Well, look around, baby, because it's a big world out there. And believe me, it's turning mostly on misery. The only thing saving us, any of us, is the good Lord's mercy. I am trying to talk to you. I don't want one of your religious lectures. And I don't want none of your bullshit. How about that? We on the same page? Poor little orphan girl. She got passed around the foster homes. Well, try being passed around between 20 men in a jail cell. A place a 16-year-old should never have laid eyes on, let alone spent 10 years in. But he does because he killed a man for beating up his mama, who then, the grateful bitch, begged the authorities to lock him up and throw away the key. So don't you tell me about being in some goddamn family loop. Okay. No, no. I don't want sympathy, and I ain't offering any. I like how God made me. I've always had a switch in my walk and music in my talk. And if I go tomorrow, Holiday will go happy. You know why? Because I got out of this world what you supposed to. To like yourself and to love some damn body else because you goddamn can. And the good Lord, he gave me something a little extra. Somebody loved me back. Bishop loved me. And that child in there loves me. And I thought you loved me, Wanda. I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me. I do. Yes, masterpiece. Okay, this is theater, bitch. We had to cut the skit short this week because we was, was like, all right, too it's emotional. too much. Bless it's up. too much. We're trying, to, we're trying to write this skit out and we can't even Bless get through it. <laughs> Remember when Wanda was at her uh, daughter's little function? Was it a graduation? Yeah, yeah I think it was a graduation. Uh, she was high as a kite. High okay? as a kite, looking crazy. And then when the bike got stolen, she really like lost her mind. Yo, shout out to Alfred Woodard, though. Wait, okay? did the bike get stolen? Yeah, it got stolen, right? Yo, remember when she was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. Shout when she was riding on it, do you remember? <laughs> Yo, I yeah, use holiday heart gifts in my text messages all the time. <laughs> it's a classic movie. It is such a classic, and even like apart from holiday heart, Alfre Woodard and um, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it. I didn't want it when she <laughs> killed her cousin. Listen, Alfre is an actress, okay, a black actress, if you will. Has she been in anything recent? Now I feel bad for asking this question. She was on like I a, can't was, it was either NBC, ABC, or one of those, CBS, one of those shows. She had like a primetime show going on there. Gotcha. Where she was like a president. Gotcha. Yeah, she's doing it. Mother's booked. I feel like we don't see her as much as we should. She she's needs to be She's one of those more. actresses that, you know, really hasn't gotten her due. Mm-hmm. But she deserves and we will speak your name today, especially since it's what? International Woman's Day? Women's Day, yes. Is, is that, did I say it right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Pray for us if we didn't get it right, but it's good intentions, y'all. Yes. <laughs> so we speak your name, Alfre, on today. It's all about the women's. 
Women's 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 I like women. And stop calling me sis. Stop calling me sis. Stop calling me first lady. <laughs> like bitch. We gonna keep calling you that in that code. Okay. Even though expression does not mean orientation, that's what we find we base this show off of. So. Come on, read. Okay. That's true. Because everybody be dragging him. Gay, straight, white, right. black, everybody be that. Everyone ass. on the spectrum. Shout out to Brian like, Spectrum. Boy, you are not straight. <laughs> he might be though. Okay. There are a lot of straight men who love a good fur. Then he, he, oh, that video he posted. I, I kissed a woman. Today. I kissed a woman. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> well, we, we're happy for his deliverance. Okay. Amen. We talked about him before on the show, and I, I came to the conclusion that he's doing this shit on purpose. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's going to get laughed at and retweeted and, and reposted, and, you know, even if it's, you know, clowning that ass. Okay. But that clown ass is probably getting some clown coin. Okay. <laughs> Keep the hustle going. Come on, clown. We speak your, on National Women's Day delivered. I speak your name. We speak his name. <laughs> the international woman. He wanted you to stop calling him sis. Okay, I but, didn't call him sis. But we're gonna, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> we, He's a lady. We speak his name on that. Inter, is it International Women's Day? Mm-hmm. Cool. Hi though. Up, y'all? Hi guys. Welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast, where. I got sidetracked with the cis conversation. Where you may be trying to get in the loop. Okay. <laughs> or, that loop got you me. You know, I was going to say, Don't you may have been loop. passed around between 20 men, but Ooh, that's too much. That's, that's too, too dark. Much. That's okay. Too much. Do <laughs> that's that. too dark. Um, you yeah. may have thought we loved you. Okay. And we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We do. And we do. We love everybody. <laughs> okay. But you may have thought it, and you may have been correct, but we never, we will never hang up on you. Never. Okay. As always, guys, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. What's up, y'all? I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Yes, sir. And we appreciate all the emails, all the feedback that we've been getting. Continue to forward all of that good stuff to hunguppod at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for your ratings as well. Just please keep them coming on Apple Podcasts. Keep the comments coming on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, um, all the places where you can find us. Just Google us, okay? We're most likely located anywhere that you can find a man who'll take you out on a date and then curve you the next day. (laughs) And ghost that ass. Okay? Disappear. Witchcraft, okay? Magician shit, okay? Some fuck shit, some fuck nigga shit. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We actually... uh, (laughs) Yes, pause. (laughs) Get the thoughts together. Listen. And then it came to me. Let them use you. Take your time. We appreciate y'all. I like how P. Ryan shouted out SoundCloud because, you know, for a really long time, we've been really encouraging everyone to go to Apple Podcasts so that way you can rate and review us there because it definitely matters. Yeah. Um, you know, but we had a chance to check out SoundCloud statistics this week and y'all are listening. I really thought SoundCloud. we just had listeners in, on the East Coast, but our listenership is all over here. But I have to big up our Caribbean folk, <laughs> listenership in Barbados and Jamaica. Big way up! Okay? <laughs> Jamaica, big up! Yes, I'm so excited that I have some Jamaican listeners who, you know, are clearly tuning in each week. 
so that means they don't want to kill us. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, Love you always. Yeah. I, I, I hope <laughs> <Ryan>. <laughs> you know, listen, we got to highlight the history so that we can move into the future. But no, that's that's we we appreciate all the listeners all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, of course, Philly is represented yes. the most, so thank you for all the, the DMV. Love. And then it's the DMV next, yes. um, New York and Cali, like just different places. Uh, we really appreciate y'all taking the time out to to just check us out. Yeah, big up our Cali listeners. Like I just I feel so good about this, right? Because like we started this not knowing what would happen with the listenership. We thought, you know, it'd be us and maybe our two homies listening to the show. <laughs> right. But it's really gaining traction and I, I, I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Man, likewise. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. We have great content, so the fact that more and more people are... <laughs> okay, Sysos. <laughs> Go ahead. If we don't believe in our own hype, who Okay, will? hey! That's but, the word. But yeah, we it's, it's dope. We, we're really glad. Um, and, you know, like I said, continue to send us your feedback. You can post it on our Instagram post. Uh, we do our episode post there and also on Twitter, but hungupod at Gmail and keep those ratings coming. Mm-hmm. So, how are you? I'm well. I haven't seen you in forever, so this is like a real, real check-in. Um, it is, because I think this is the longest we went without talking. Yeah, listen, I've been in somebody's laptop, like every you single day. Yes, but I have, been, like... <clears throat> I've been in books and laptops since I left your house last week. Yeah. And so I've, I've been <laughs> shut down to the entire world, um, except for, like, my immediate family. And yeah. I guess that kind of brings me to my check-in. So, like, life is good, but on the weekends, if I'm not out for a scheme flirty, I'm usually spending, like, quality time with my mother. And it was really interesting this past weekend because she was just, like... She had brought up something that I didn't even think was on her mind. So... Um, as I mentioned, like, in episodes earlier, you know, this whole journey with the church and, like, how I said, you know, even though I went through this, like, kind of traumatic experience, like, I'm still involved in church, I'm still singing at church, but to be completely transparent, when I say I'm still, like, involved in church, I'm not, I've not sang a solo in, like, the past year, year and a half Mm -hmm. since that little incident happened, since I, you know, kind of no longer became involved as, like, a leader in the music ministry, I've really just sang, you know, back up. And so me and my mom were watching the Oscars this weekend, and, like, in the commercial break, she was just like, so are you never going to sing by yourself anymore at church? <laughs> and my, like, immediate... She's like, what's up? Yeah, no, <laughs> and it was so like... random to me, but I allowed just, like, my spirit to move, and so my immediate response was no, Right? And she was just like, well, why? You shouldn't do that. Like, you know, you don't know how many people you bless with, like, your gift or, like, your passion for music. And I really took that and internalized it and had to kind of unpack not only where she was coming from, but really how I was feeling. And for me, it was just like, it's easy for people who didn't go through such an experience to say, no, you should easily bounce back. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's also like easy for people to not understand your processing, like your mental processing. So for me, in the moment where I was going through all of that stuff that wound up, where it like wound up that I was no longer going to be music minister, it wasn't that I was looking for people to come out against those who were trying to come for me, right? I was just looking for at least one person in the church house to be like, you know, this individual puts bad. his life and soul into the music ministry. He's clearly passionate about, like, his spiritual life and 
about the spiritual life of the church. Like, why is all of this drama happening, right? I totally But did. nobody did that. Nobody did it. We talked about right? that last week. When and we brought up the whole Nini yeah. comment. Like, yeah. I totally feel you. And I mean, like, I had to assess also my expectations because you can't expect people to act in a certain way because you're always going to be disappointed. But the fact that literally, like, I spent a year and some months with this in, in this position and nobody could really see my character when somebody tried to pull something out of nothing. It, it, was, it was so hurtful, it right? Is. And so for me, I've processed it in the sense that like, I don't want to be somewhere where I'm really not wanted, right? And... Mm. I don't know. I'm trying to unpack this still, right? So I don't want to be somewhere that I'm not wanted. But then at the same time, you, I remember I told you this is like my year of surrender, mm -hmm. right? So like the Bible verse for this month is humble yourself before the Lord and he'll raise you up. So I'm just like, am I acting in pride? Like what? I'm very confused, right? I don't know if I'm like acting in pride. I don't know if I'm like just acting as a hurt individual. I, I'm questioning, did Jesus surround himself with people who did not want him or did he go to spaces where the unwanted were mm -hmm. and found ministry there mm -hmm. right so i'm still figuring this out in the same breath too someone could ask well what's the difference between singing solos and singing backup on the, on the music ministry right i think for me i still sing backup because at the end of the day music is my life and this space is one way that I can tap into and get that musical fulfillment while I'm at school during the week and while I'm like processing other things during the week where I'm not able to sing. So it feeds something. But at the same time, every time I go up in front of the church, I feel physically ill. Mm. So this week was a week of processing. I hope all of that made sense. I'm still processing. Um, but where I am right now is that this church house may not hear me sing a solo for a good minute because at That's the end of the happens. day, I recognize that you do not want me. And what do I say? What message am I giving myself if I try to impress people who really have shown that they do not care about who I am? Not just the parts of me that you accept, but me as an entirety, as a whole being. Yeah, I, I feel like some people would be like, no, you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing through. And I think you but, sh you do keep going in the Lord, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, you do. Mm -hmm. Do you, though, sacrifice your, your sanity, your peace of mind, again, your physical health, to be in this space. Is that moving on in the Lord or is that finding area, other areas in your life where you can take this story and minister? Right, because I feel like you can minister anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, And sometimes ministry is more effective outside the walls than in. I, I, I totally get it. Um, oh. We'll talk more about it after we record. Yeah, because this is But I went through a, a very similar situation yeah. and it is. It's hurtful when you feel like, damn, not, not one person, just one person that could just... No, not one. That and, could just say, like, no, mm -hmm. that's actually a great guy. Like, don't do mm -hmm. that. Or, like you said, why is this all this confusion and negativity going on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you don't have a, one person and stand up and have your back, it does make you look at the situation or the organization or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You're like, nah, like, this is not cool. Like, when you get up there and you <coughs> feel that anxiety and that, that's, to me, that's just, like, 
you were disrespected, mm-hmm. and you were never made whole. And that's the, and you don't want to continue breaking yourself down. And it's not to say that people didn't come to me after the fact and try to encourage me, but where was all that encouragement on the forefront, right? Like we talk about wanting to create change, and especially I think for gay black men, it's so easy to support us in the shadows. It's so easy to love us when nobody's looking. It's so easy to make us feel like we're people when the doors are closed. But when everything is put out into the light, you want nothing to do with us. And so I'm just like, I'm, and this is why I'm, I'm trying to understand if I'm acting in pride or if I really am trying to stand for something, right? I think it's good, it's, it's about time that we highlight that issue, right? Stop loving us in secret and actually show that you love us for who we are in the public, right? Tell people that what they're putting us through is complete bullshit. It's bullshit. Tell people that the way that they hate us on in the pool pit or in the church house or you know in the fraternity circle or wherever we may be, start telling people that that has to stop. Right. right. Don't just come over to my place and console me and let me know that I'm great mm-hmm. and I'm After all the these fact. things. Like no, mm-hmm. that stuff has to be done out there. Be consistent, and I think that's. The root of it, right? I'm looking for consistency mm, 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 in your support in all facets of my life. And if I see one area where it's not coming, then I got to leave it alone. Yeah, because when I think of a friend... <laughs> a friend that sticks closer than what? A brother. Yeah. It's Bible. I, it's, 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 because I bet you if Jesus was alive today, mm-hmm. the Jesus I know and the God I, I choose to know, it wouldn't be no, I'm going to love you in the, in the secret corners of your life, right? I'm going to go ahead and advocate for the people that I love. And Let me tell you, my homie flipped tables in the church house. Right. Yes, he did. Okay. And really shook, shook the communion table. A lot of people aren't Every down for week. That. A lot of people are not down for that. And I think part of it has to do with them trying to protect, protect their identity. Them trying to... A lot of people like to play both sides so that way, you know, they can always be taking advantage of a situation. Because, listen, mm-hmm. once we make a decision to be on one side of the fence or the other, there could be some repercussions Absolutely. to making that decision. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are just afraid to actually make that mm-hmm. boss-ass decision to say, all right, I'm either going to be on this side or I'm going to be on that and side. And that is your right. But then I also have to realize that it's my right to not put myself in situations where I'm continuously hurt by people who will not love me in the public. Right. So when you go looking for me... I believe a gospel song says, you'll look for me and I'll be gone. I'll be gone. Okay? (laughs) I gotta love that song. (laughs) How about you, Boo Boo? Well, my weekend was pretty good. I went back home and I spent... So this time around, so I, feel, I feel like whenever I go home, I spend a lot of time with one family member. And did this time, just, it so happened to be Did you tell your dad I said, hey? I didn't. Okay, you fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, how did I forget that? I don't know. You have, okay, I'm going to have to remember, or you have to text me the next time I'm back home, just in case. <laughs> but I'll make sure he knows. Um, he loves you. <laughs> I love him, too, and I never met the man a day in my life. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I really um, enjoy the conversation I had with my grandma, especially because she's just at a point in her life where, and she's just going through some health things mm. to where, you know, time is precious, right? Yeah. So you think it was weird that I kind of recorded 
a little bit of our conversation? No, I think that's great. Okay. It's like a keepsake. It's a memory. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Okay. Um, but she dropped some jewels on me, and that's really why I recorded it, because I'm like, yo, this is... To listen to this 10 years from now, or 20 years from now, or to let my children hear, like, this was my grandmother. Oh, so you having kids? Yeah, we talked about oh, okay. this. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> But yeah, it was just nice to spend time with grandmom, uh, mom and dad. Um, that weekend, I, I guess it was Saturday night. Yeah, me and my cousin that I grew up with, um, he took me out. We went, we went to D.C. and he really showed me a great time. So mm-hmm. this particular cousin, like I said, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up together in Maryland and also in D.C. because the family kind of moved around a little bit. Um, we didn't always get along, you know what I mean, growing up. And I think it was a lot to do with the fact that as young gay black boys, we were literally just looking at the same person. Mm. And we were the only two Yeah. growing up in a religious-ass family. Sure. You know what I mean? Just going through the whatever, the, the growing pains of, of that whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in hindsight and now as an adult I look back and I say okay that's why we didn't really like get along that's why we had that fight that's why we had that argument so it's just cool that we've been able to stay connected um he took me out over the weekend we had a really good time had a little trip down memory lane we back down memory lane (laughs) yes Minnie (laughs) come on Minnie I love her that voice do you, you know that's who Mariah Carey was like a stand for. Mm-hmm. And that's who she kind of idolized. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we drove through D.C. on our way back to his place um, to do some pre-gaming. Um, we went to the playground that we used to go to when we grew up. Oh, that's so cute. And it was so like, I'm like, yo, this is crazy because I haven't been there since I was a kid. So How did that feel? Over 20 years. It felt surreal. Mm. It looked exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nothing changed. The house even looked like exactly the same. I remember it was like this creepy ass black guy. He was like an older guy who lived in the house next to us. That house is still there. It looks exactly the same. So it was just like. That's so sweet. Wow. But I told him, I was like, yo, thank you for like doing that. It, It really felt good. Being here like a transplant in Philly and not having family here. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that really means something. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Those moments. So that was very dope. Um, I can't remember the name of the bar that we went to, but it was really cool. It was just like a bar, and the dance floor was probably as big as this island that we're recording on. Okay. <laughs> so it was just mainly like a bar. Um, mixed crowd. They played go-go music all night. Nice. So I was here for that because, okay. again, <laughs> being a transplant here in Philly, you don't hear go-go music because that's something that's kind of like special and unique to D.C. Yeah, like so, CCB. Look at my fatty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> They played that night. I hadn't heard it in so long. They played the uh, backyard band cover of Adele's "Hello." Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to have my phone like ready because I wanted to play you guys like ten seconds of it. But anyway, go to YouTube. We can play for the ending. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, everybody in the bar was vibing out. It was a good time. I enjoyed that, and I'll just end my check in by really just saying. 
shout out to close friend of mine, my homeboy, Aaron. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because he's like half dead on my couch right now. Shout out, I was Aaron. playing to shout you out anyway. And the reason being is because, listen, y'all, sometimes we got to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to say help. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And even if you don't know like how to verbalize it or how to, you know, how to get it all out, sometimes you just got to say, yo, I just need some help. So you, you guys know I've been, I, I'm a dog owner. I talk about Tristan all the time. Yes, you do. Well, <laughs> recently my little guy has had some behavior issues. What do you mean? So. He got kicked out of school? Hmm? Nothing, go ahead. Right. <laughs> right. And he's spending way too much time home. That's the problem. Oh, I can't even expect. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get him in soccer or the Boy Scouts or something. Get out this house. But nah, um. Tristan, you know, where before we moved to where I'm at now, which is crazy. I haven't even been here a year. It mm. feels like I have. Yeah, it feels like forever. <laughs> it does. Um, he's like rolling around right now. He must know I'm talking about him. Um, hey. Sorry. Focus. It's fine. <laughs> Live your life. It's the free show today. Where we came from, he was used to a big backyard that was fenced in. There was also another dog there. Mm-hmm. So he was used to a companion being there with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When I decided to, you know, make that move and get back out there on my own, which I should, <laughs> um, I knew that bringing him here would be a really tough transition for him. Mm-hmm. So he's a dog. So, like, behavior issues kind of, like, show up in, like, spats. And they can be different things. So... Recently, and I'll show you when we get done recording, you'll see by my bedroom door, he's been eating and biting away the wood frame. Exactly. That's, it's not cool. Eric. It's uh, not cool. There's nothing cool about it. Eric, you would have made some hot dogs if it was my <laughs> house, okay? You hear me? No, man. A couple people said that to me. <laughs> No, so that, that might be a general consensus okay. amongst the people. Not in this brand new apartment. But, <laughs> but that's the thing, like, I'm shook because I have to pay for that. Like, mm-hmm. I have to get that. Repairs. Fixed. Like, I'm just leasing this unit. When I'm done, I have to give it back. So stuff like that, I have to fix or it's going to come out of my, my good deposit. Yes, you know what I mean? So You need help going to the Home Depot? <laughs> the Depot. <laughs> yes, and I might have to get Uncle Daryl to help us because, you know, he's handy. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I reached out to Aaron to help me. You know, he's loves Aaron. I'm sorry, he loves Tristan, and his mom does too. And I was just like, yo, because he he has a different like work schedule and stuff. So he's mm-hmm. he's like helping me out with him. Okay. So I just I really appreciate that. Any any single pet owners out there, don't be afraid to ask for help. We need babysitters too sometimes. Shit. Okay. Well, I guess depending on what type of dog you have, and my dog. Needs attention. Um, if he's in the apartment too long by himself, he's left up to his own devices and he can act out. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that with Aaron helping me out and just a, a few other things that I thought about today that I should do just to kind of like get his temper, like just to try to like calm him down okay. while I'm not here. Um, one thing that really works with animals is leave them with something that smells like you. So, like, if they can smell you, it'll, like, calm them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it makes sense because pets live for you. 
They wait for you to come home. They wait to see what you're going to do. My dog eats only when I'm here. Like, he yeah. wants me to see him eating. And a lot of what dogs are like... I need a man in a pet... Or a pet in a man form. Okay. <laughs> Man's best friend. Literally. Okay. Who want to be my best friend? <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's my check-in. Um, I So, I'm sorry to hear about, you know, your... No, wait till you see it. And your your structures. Wait till okay. you see it. But yeah. I'm glad that you got some help. Sounds like you got a help mate. Helping hand. Okay. You know, so helping hand. I like it. <laughs> On today. So shout cool. out, Aaron. Aaron, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you wanna keep this thing rolling? I absolutely do. Okay. What's, what's up next? Up next we have our listener feedback. And yo, Eric. Again, I'm so excited about just the listenership of the show and the fact that, like, you guys are not only listening, but now are choosing to engage. Mm -hmm. um, so we could, you know, maybe go back and forth um, on some of, I guess, some of the letters that we decided stood out to us. Cool. So first things first, um, kind of not related to our last episode, but kind of related to our Black Love episode, um, we have a follow-up from Derek. And honestly, Derek is one of the listeners who... I truly appreciate because... What's up, Derek? Yeah, he keeps the conversation really going. Um, and so he said, thanks guys for answering my question on the zodiac signs of the couple. The reason I asked about their signs is because I've gotten pretty good at identifying the signs of people just based on their conversation. I instantly knew that Maurice was a Gemini because he often interjected the conversation to make his point heard and was very quick-witted on points that he felt didn't require being dragged out. For example, <laughs> the threesome chat, which is true. He um, he answered that quickly People and moved don't want on. People don't all in their business like that. <laughs> but I mean, it does hint to him being a Gemini. Right, and then he right. also said, They're "I knew Kenneth." Up all the little right. <laughs> he was just like, "I knew Kenneth was a Taurus because I noticed his tone was more practical and sensual. Mm. Like when he okay, Come on, sensual. Okay, sensual. Um, like when he explained his view on rather you having a joint or personal account, it was clear and transparent. And so." This kind of blew my mind. I was just like, this is hella dope that he can pick up people's signs from conversations. Yeah, so, like, are you the Long Island medium or okay, something? Okay, do we need to fly out to wherever you are to have a little conversation? So, my <laughs> question, though, is... Read me, Derek. I keep calling myself a Terry's, like a Taurus Aries. So, yeah. Derek, I wonder what sign you would say that I mostly align with Ooh. based on our conversation. A Taurus or an Aries? Based on, like, all the, like, episodes that we have, I wonder... Do us both, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do us both? <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> um, no, that'll be cool. You should you should tweet us or email us and, and, and tell us what you think our signs yeah. are. And also, like, what got you into zodiacs? Um, because I can say, as far as astrology and like zodiac signs, I'm not like too hard pressed on it, but I've noticed that there is a rising interest in it. So. Yeah. Derek, share us your interest. Maybe we can have you on it. Rising. Ooh. I think it's just, all, I feel like it's always been like a cohort of people out there who subscribe to Zodiac signs and astrology. Right. Right. Like, but then like, and sun, then they get into the sun signs yeah. and the rising signs. But in the words of Nini, they become a good judge of character. Okay. <laughs> I think my book is great. If you ever want to borrow it, I think mm. it is a good gauge on, um, you know, you can look up your friends to see what their signs are. And you know, get some get some insight. I think some stuff is kind of general, yeah, to the point where anyone can that can you know can kind of fit into that. But yeah, 
Yes, I love it. All right, so let's move on to the second one. You want to read that one? All right, cool. This one's coming from EJ. Um, he's another faithful listener of the show. What did he say, What's Eric? Up, EJ? EJ wrote in and said, as I listened to this episode about jealousy, I had to unpack my own views on jealousy. All right, for okay. doing the work. Come on and unpack. Doing the work. As far as being jealous of friends is concerned, I think a little jealousy is good. Remember you asked me that question? Yeah. Healthy jealousy can inspire and push you to achieve your own goals and dreams. It's when that jealousy sours into envy that it becomes a problem. Mm. At least that's what I think. When I'm in a relationship, I'm also a jealous person. I tell the guy I'm dating from the beginning that I don't play well with others. (laughs) You better know yourself. Okay. (laughs) Come on for setting boundaries. This is not to say that he or I can't have our friends and interests that may or may not include the other, though. We don't have to necessarily be attached at the hip. I like that. Mm. But I need at least, but I need to at least have a working knowledge of his friends and family and they of me. A little jealousy in relationships is good. It shows a certain level of caring and or concern for the other person. It's when that jealousy turns into eat the cake anime. Mercy. Wow. Okay. That's that's when there's a problem. That's when there's a problem. Because now you're going from a caring type jealousy to a possessive jealousy type situation, and that can be toxic and or deadly. A little bit of jealousy can be a good thing. It can produce good results. I think you just have to be careful that it doesn't go too far and become something else. Mm. Mm. Okay, so in a way, there's kind of like a balance, right? Right. Ooh, but I have to ask, though, are we convincing ourselves that this is a caring jealousy or is, you know, is it a caring jealousy masked in the need to possess somebody? Yeah, because sometimes we tell ourselves things to make us feel good about what What we're we're doing, what we're doing and how we are reacting to situations. So I like what you said. It's a balance, right? And to check that balance, I think that'll be a good way. You know, can, can you do that yourself? Can you check that balance yourself? Or do you need a close friend to do that? Ooh, both. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so you can compare what you thought. A little to... bit of me, but I know the other side of me takes over. So I need a friend to kind of rein <laughs> it in. And we're not rebuttaling you at all, uh, EJ. But, you know, just for the excavation of the topic. And I think it was so interesting. Um, next on the listener feedback, we have... Good old homegirl, Delisha from Afrosexology. If you guys have not followed them yet, please look up Afrosexology on Instagram and Twitter. Always bringing up sex positive conversations specifically for black people of color. Um, And honestly, a lot of our work would not be, you know, inspired if it was not for them. So Delisha said on jealousy, once this guy I was dating was consoling his best friend's girl after they broke up. His best friend's girl had reached out to my boyfriend to get his perspective on why his best friend had dumped her. We were all cool and he was a pretty nice guy, so I didn't think so I don't think he thought twice about meeting her. While they were talking, she started crying and he consoled her, and then she made a move and kissed him. He went home and called me and was like, I have to tell you something, I'm so sorry, and he explained the situation. He told me that he didn't kiss her back and that he left shortly after and that she felt bad and wanted to call me to apologize. I thanked him for telling me and said that I understood that she was vulnerable and could have been confused the and could have confused the comfort you were he was offering for something else. There was no need for her to apologize. I expected that to be 
I expected that to be the end of the conversation. Next thing I know, he was mad at me because I wasn't jealous. And so he thought that that meant I didn't love him. I told him that I loved him, feel secure in our relationship, and didn't feel threatened by someone making a move on him. He didn't buy it, and for a while, he kept trying to do things to test if I really loved him. That shit was dumb as fuck. Wow, P. Ryan. Wow. Delisha, bruh. That's one side of the jealousy conversation that we did not have. We did not touch. Is when... Others perceive our jealousy or lack of jealousy as caring. Yeah, that's... Wow, my mind is blown. What do you think of that? So if you're in a relationship and because you don't act jealous, somebody's like, well, you don't give a fuck about me. (laughs) That's a lot. And then they try to do things to make you jealous. Nah. Nah. That's That's a no-go. That's not good. That is a no-go. Especially when you try to do things to make, like, I feel like it's, it's it's an interesting situation when I'm in a relationship or if we're dating and you can't tell that I'm... I fucks with you mm. or that you know what I mean like mm. I don't know that's and if you can't tell that the person you're supposedly in a relationship with fucks with you maybe you shouldn't be in that relationship yeah because I feel like he started throwing his insecurities on Delisha at her yeah and yeah. that's not cool and that's something you need to work out on your own right because she's a confident maybe this type of woman you can't deal with because right. She's confident. She's secure. And secure in the relationship that you guys decided to get into. Right. And you're not. Whoever Mm. this guy was. You know, so that's that's a call to acknowledge what needs to be fixed. Right. Damn, that's crazy. That is crazy. Last but not least, we had our homie Bryce Lennon from the Black Gay Love episodes. Bryce said that he loved the um, conversation, but he wanted to kind of weigh in on the difference between jealousy and envy. And so, Eric, do you mind just... Reading that out? Okay, yeah. Uh, Bryce. What's up, Bryce? Hey, Bryce. (laughs) Cusp. (laughs) (laughs) He writes and says, so I feel like jealousy relates to the relationship between two or more people. For instance, not true. I would be jealous that... Oh, he's saying it's not true, but he's... The scenario he's about to bring up, yeah. For instance, I would be jealous that you, Patrick, spend more time with Eric than... Sorry. Sorry, than I do. There was like a little thing... So you, Patrick, spend more time with Eric than I do. Um, and so he said he would envy that, envy whatever you have. Whether it's physical or emotional. Mm-hmm. For instance, I envy the fact that Eric and Patrick have such a great friendship. I wish I had a friendship like that. Envy deals with what someone else has, not the person specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Envy is low-key more dangerous than jealousy. Of course, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. When you are envious, you aspire to have what someone else has, which can motivate you to do better or ruin the person to get what they have. You feel me? We do feel you, Bryce. And again, just to reiterate, because there was like a little thing blocking the text message, (laughs) Bryce was bringing up a hypothetical situation. Bryce is the homie. (laughs) But he was saying, um, Envy would kind of be looking at the situation between me and Eric and Envy and wanting that for himself. And that's kind of what we touched on. So that's like more than jealousy. That's an Envy thing. And that's what leads down to the road of destruction. It really does. Because that's when you really um, will do or probably say anything to have possession of what you desire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that can include destroying other friendships. That can include... A lot of different things that are just negative yeah. and, you know, 
That's not good. I guess that's that's why that that balance. Um, was it Derek that talked about the balance? Like the Gemini balance? Like just having a balance. Um, he was saying jealousy can be good. Oh no, that was EJ. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's difficult to monitor that. It is, and it can be a slippery ass slope yeah. with black ice on it. And you know what's crazy too, because <laughs> the mind can trick us so many times. So we may think we have a control over the balance, right? And next thing you know, we're really acting in jealousy and envy, and moving to that negative side without even being aware of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Thanks for all the listener feedback, everyone. Continue to send us your listener feedback. Yeah, let's keep the conversation going because it's like. Without, well, one, without you guys, we can't. But when you guys really interact with the conversation, we are kind of reassured that, like, we talk about shit that matters, right? So <laughs> keep the conversation coming. And we love to hear from you all. Espe- like, Delisha, girl, that story shook me. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Delisha. Mm-hmm. I just love her. Yeah, same. I spent, like, what, an hour with her in Chicago? She is a QC. When and I tell you... I was just like, oh, she's awesome. One day, Delisha has to be on the show, and we have to literally break down the, like... I remember specifically a moment when we were in grad school, and I was on her couch crying my eyes out um, because we were processing what it would mean to come out to my parents. Wow. When I tell you Delisha is a person who will always be a staple in my life, that girl is a support. And she's a good thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, we were okay. talking about like relationships, and she just asked me some questions that I don't think anybody's even ever asked. Every me. time I leave and a conversation like, oh, with shit. Delisha, I'd be trying to go read on whatever else she read. Okay, <laughs> she said she'd be talking about bell hooks. I'm just like, okay, bell, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> Delisha will have you thinking, and even with religion, like so often you have conversations with some of your friends who may not be religious, but like have no backing as to why. Right. Delisha has a whole philosophy on religion that makes you want to go back and read every scripture for yourself and then truly understand what you believe. Right. I'm standing for my girl right now, but yes. No, you should. Yes. That's what's having a friend's back. She's we talked everything. about that in the check-in. She's a, and That's she'll call, how you have a friend's back. And she's right? a friend indeed, because she'll also call you out when you need to be called out. When you need to be called yeah. out. Because sometimes okay. we're wrong. We're not always right. Yes. So I love her. Cool. <laughs> so before we get into this week's conversation, mm-hmm. um, can we take a little break? We can. Gotta pee. Bye. All right, we're back. Yes, hi. <laughs> so recently, uh, you know, in the last episode, we discussed jealousy. We unpacked that. How do we deal with it? Um, in my check-in, I mentioned hanging out with my cousin this weekend and having such a great time, but I put emphasis on the fact that when we were growing up, there was a lot of conflict. Mm. And I think, well, I explained why I thought that was. <laughs> I was about to go back into it again. <laughs> like, no, I don't need to do that. Um, I feel like conflict can be this infectious thing. And I say that because I feel mm. like it's all around us in some form, right? Sometimes it's positive conflict, sometimes it's negative. Um, I think conflict can also lead to constructive problem solving, but it can also lead us down a bad path, whether that be in our relationships, whether it be at work or in our social circles. Um, Right now in the country, it's a lot of conflict on the political scheme, right? And there's just a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Just over time and over history, we can look at how conflict has shaped the world, especially through like world wars, 
right? Down to conflict about, um, you know, I was going to say, like in Africa where they have like the water. I don't know if it's a water war, but it's in when, it's when um, impoverished areas are taken over by some type of militia or some type of, mm. and the, that militia comes in and they take something from them that they really need, like food, water. I know this is happening a lot in Africa. Okay. So that way the people are then obligated to do whatever these people came in and say do because you have my livelihood now. Mm-hmm. So we see all types of conflict from macro to micro sure. levels, right? So let's talk about conflict. and we can do it you know pop culture you know some stuff going on with Monique and some other things going on um, in social media relationships work however we wanna sure I'm down so when you think about conflict what's the first thing that comes to mind my life not to say that my life is conflict but I think about the conflicts that I've experienced throughout my life yeah. So for the sake of this um, conversation, yeah, I want to define conflict. Yeah, go ahead. So what does Merriam-Webster say? <laughs> as a noun, it's a serious disagreement or argument. Okay, and as a verb, it is a incompatible clash. Mm. So it's interesting how both kind of one one can be positive. You know, just having a disagreement, that happens all the time. Like, we've had disagreements. Like, disagreements are naturally going to happen because we're different people with different yeah. experiences. Um, but an incompatible clash, I think that has more of a negative connotation to Sure. And more, I feel like a, a heightened impact, too. Definitely. On whatever the relationship may be or whatever the situation may be. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I know recently, is it work that we experience the most conflict? What, what would you say is the, is it work? Is it our social spaces? Where would you wow, say we experience the most wow. conflict? Wow, wow, wow. Um, so, I don't know about like where we experience the most. I think we can experience conflict in, in various facets, right? So, we can experience it at work. We can experience it at school. We can experience it in our social circles. But I think... Maybe not frequency-wise, there's like a most, but I think um, there are different spaces where we feel the impact more of those conflicts, Mm. right? So I will say that at work, if there's ever a conflict, well, I'm going to be transparent, okay? Because this job is not the one I see for my entire career. Yeah. But at work, there is just, there's like an underlying beef, right? I'm not really a part of it, but I see that it's there. Right. And so there's conflict in the workspace or at the place that I work. And one time I sat with my managers and they wanted to talk about this. And I was just like, while I'm really removed from this, it's so hard to work with everyone. Because if you are too friendly with one person, person B over here will think you're in alliance with them. If you you laugh and kiki with this person when they tell a funny joke, person one over. A over here mm-hmm. will say, okay, you're in alliance with this one. And at the end of the day, I'm only here to punch in and collect my check. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, where, whereas at work, conflict really won't phase me and I'm just here to, you know, collect my little tuppence and leave. Mm-hmm. When I am 
when I experience conflict in like a romantic setting or even like a friendship setting because, you know, I really love my friends as much as I love my niggas, right? Yeah. <laughs> the impact is deeper. Look with all my niggas, I'll be down for my niggas. Okay. I treat friendships like I do relation, like romantic relationships. So, oh. like, th- whenever I feel like there's conflict, it really does something. The impact is greater. And I, I don't know how to deal until that conflict is resolved. Yeah. I think I, you really hit on some, some key points there. I really feel that when conflict is not dealt with, mm. it becomes layered. Um, and in different work situations that I've been in in the past... Um, that's been one of the, the major issues is that things are not dealt with. They kind of just sit there. Yeah. And then something else gets and they fester. put on top of that yeah. and it festers. And before you know it, you have all this conflict that has now turned into other things like resentment, distress, um, anger, yeah. um, lack of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I think conflict can be, not 100% of the time, is when someone really just feels like they're not being seen or they're not being heard well, or valued. Yeah. That keeps happening. Eventually, people are going to just stop. They're going to just cut the emotions off and be like, you know what? I've seen it for what it's worth, and I'm done. <laughs> no? <laughs> Eric, you're, like, triggering me. <laughs> I'm sorry. But then, Pee I wonder... Not even a hot flash. Like, I feel like I'm tearing up a little oh, bit. Oh, shit. But <laughs> how do you address a conflict, though, when you may not be wired to do so, right? Like, what if your your nature or even your nurture is to see a conflict there, process it, and maybe bring it up when time has gone by and it's kind of dead, mm. rather than to address it in the space? You said, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before, but you said... You better bring up my receipts. (laughs) I loved when you said, we have to be committed to the work. Because it's it's, it's a continuous thing. Mm -hmm. It's a work in progress. And I think if we find ourselves in the situations to where we can't address conflict, I say, go get help. Whether that be professional help or whether that be a mentor or just going to a teacher that you've known or a close friend, someone you can trust to just say, hey, can you help me kind of understand why I can't deal with this conflict? Because there's a reason why. And I think far too often do we just continue going and pushing through having all this unresolved conflict and issues with the people that we interact with the most Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if we have a lot of conflict with people that we don't interact with. Maybe yeah. we maybe we chose to cut that off and we don't anymore. Sure, but with those we do. But with the ones that we do, because I feel like conflict, because there's an emotional investment yeah. in that situation. But see, I wonder if there's a reason why we don't avoid, or I mean, why we avoid, you know, addressing the conflict, right? So it's, you know, with people who we interact with, it's people who we have kind of invested a relationship with, right? Yeah. yeah. You mentioned before by even saying the definition of conflict, not the first one, but the second one. It's a recognition of incompatibility, Mm. right? From an emotional standpoint and a mental processing standpoint, when you realize you and a person are not compatible, but then at the same time, it's like a double mind, right? Me and this person ain't working out, but at the same time, we have a history. 
There have been so many good times. There have been so much I've invested into this relationship. There's so much this person has invested into this yeah. relationship. To now uncover the fact that there's an incompatibility. What am I going to do with that? Mm. You know what I mean? Could that be a conflict in and of that itself? Is a t- that's one of the toughest pills, I want to say. Yeah. To swallow. Right? Because like, what do you do with that incompatibility? Do we say, all right, let's hang it up? Or do, like, you know, how do you address that? I think when it comes to relationships, some people, I had had a a friend, he moved, he's in D.C. Mm -hmm. now, but I remember he he never stayed. If there was a relationship issue, he did not waste time, not Mm -hmm. only addressing it, but if he felt like this is not good for me, he knew how to leave that situation. Mm -hmm. I think there's those kind of people, and then there's people who... um, are comfortable with conflict in a weird mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Like when, I'm trying to unpack. So you were saying like something because sometimes we just stay, yeah. even though we know there's incompatibility. But right? you mentioned your friend knew how to leave. Did you talk to him about what he felt when he tried to leave? No, he did leave. Yeah, but when he left, like, did you talk to him about how he felt? Yeah, it was just like such a uh, a sense of pride. That and, is so interesting to um, me. Yeah. You know, just this really, and I and I admired it a little bit. Just this kind of like, I'm not gonna have anyone mistreat me like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I know what I deserve, and I won't settle for anything less than that. I think it can be a little. That may not always work because mm-hmm. sometimes we don't know what's best for us. Yeah, especially in the situation. You know, I'm very much interested in what his his nature, but then also his nurturing has been. Right. Mm. Because I think of even my journey and one situation sticks out so distinctly Um, from undergrad. You know, you always leave undergrad with like this core, these core group of friends. Right. Who you, you know, possibly become be you stay friends with for the rest of your life. I'm at one point in my friend group and, you know, these people I have eternal love for. Right. And so we are still friends. But there was one part in our friendship went or one point in our friendship where there was a conflict. And at that time, one of my best friends, I had to say, you know, I had just come back from St. Louis and the conflict had gotten so big where I was just like, you know what? I don't know how this got to this point, but I have to leave this for me and for you. And I think if we separate ourselves and grow, Mm -hmm. we will find parts of ourselves that'll make our situation better and then we can probably come back and be better. Yeah, I like that. It sounds good on paper, yeah? But during the time that I was saying this to this person, I've never in a relationship felt a physical pain from separating from someone. When I tell you that I was talking to this person and those words were coming out of my mouth, but my stomach had the sharpest pains I had ever felt in my life. Yeah, Like I felt like I was going to die. Right? And it it just felt so unbearable. And, like, we did not speak. And, like, the next time we spoke, which was, like, months to a year later, I just, like, burst out crying because, like, I miss this person so much. Like, and it was, it was, it was such a strange moment where, like, I'm still now trying to figure out, especially when you provide this definition, like, 
what is it to recognize that in a moment you and somebody can't be compatible, but to also realize that you want this person so much or that you have so much invested in this individual? Like, how do you figure out that conflict? And how is it so easy for some people to just be like, nah, fuck this shit. I got to do what's good for me. How is it so hard for some people to do that? Yeah. Wait, because it was like kind of easy for him to kind of detach Mm-hmm. But for me trying to detach, my whole spirit, my shit was shaken up. You hear me? I remember exactly where we had that conversation. I was on the bridge um, in Philadelphia, closer to like the airport. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being in the worst pain of my life. And that's, that's interesting because I do feel that um, emotional pain and stress, we can really feel that. Mm-hmm. It, it manifests itself in our bodies. Like Yes, it does. Um, I've definitely been there, whether, you know, it was a breakup or, um, you know, losing my two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, you do feel it in your gut. Yeah. And it's interesting how you said that, you know, some time will pass. And sometimes just thinking about it can make you a little emotional. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, the investment that you had, the history. Is that what you're missing? Ooh. Maybe you're missing the history and you're also thinking about the possibility of what could have been in the moment that you guys are not together Mm -hmm. or in the moment that this, or you're wondering what maybe could have been if the conflict was not there. Right. I don't know. To add on to your point though, not to segue and move off, but to kind of keep the conversation going, how do you handle conflicts currently? I, uh, it depends on my comfort level with the situation and the individual because I'm okay with handling conflict on the spot when it happens, Mm. but I'm also okay with taking a step back and taking some time to process and then approach that person, especially if it's like a work situation, for example, like I may not deal with conflict right then and there, um, because as a black man in the workplace, given my opinion, that can come off all types of ways sure. to different people. Absolutely. So I have to not only be careful what I say, but how I deliver it. I mm-hmm. have to uh, be mindful of my body language. So depending on the situation, um, you know, I will. I, I'm okay with just taking a step back, giving some time to think and process. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that would be you know, maybe confiding in a close friend or it could be me just taking some time to kind of just get in, get into my own head, maybe listen to some music, yeah. maybe write a little bit, um, try to exercise those demons out because I feel like we kind of all bring our bullshit to situations. Even when we feel that we are 100% right, there's a lesson in that conflict. Mm. You are not a part of that conflict just because you're a great person and you get everything right. You know what I mean? I feel like we are put into these situations. It could be a test. It could be a lesson. It could be a message. It could be a number of things. But I think how we deal with conflict um, will depend on the context of the situation or where we're at. Absolutely. Because going back to your check-in, you had conflict at church. Yeah. And not just in church, right? But I think that situation, looking back at it in like a space right now, that's kind of objectively, it's a conflict within myself. Mm. Yeah? And so, 
in that sense, right, by not singing a solo at church, by not showing my gift by myself, but using kind of like a group setting to be a part of the music ministry, in a way, I'm avoiding conflict. Mm. I'm avoiding an internal conflict. Not to say that I'm not okay with it, right? Because I've already made up my mind. I ain't singing shit. Okay, but... And if anybody asks you why, you're going to say, it's a lot it's of a shit. It's a lot of shit. You know, we don't have to put that on a t-shirt. It's ours now. It's ours. <laughs> but in that sense, I'm avoiding conflict. But then let's flip the script, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we talk so much about even romantic relationships and friendships. In those spaces, I'm quick to be like, baby, let's go have a drink. Let's sit down. Right? Yeah. And really talk things out. Or... You mentioned a, a processing piece. I will take that moment to process, right? It could be a month. It could be a couple weeks. It could be a couple days. But then I'm calling you up and I'm like, yo, let's have a conversation, right? Right. So in that context, I'm quick to address the conflict and not avoid it. But when it comes to like my, my personal journey, my spiritual life, my, my spiritual walk, right. it looks like there's a couple things I'm out here avoiding. Wow, a read. <laughs> a reading of myself. <laughs> I think that's, that's a jewel, though, because I feel like we do navigate conflict based on um, many things. Mm. Where we're at right now in our lives, what our, what our priorities are, what our goals are. Um, because certain conflict may or may not be a priority to you sure. based on where we're at in life. For example, if you know we faded black fade to black from social media because you want to focus on an internship or, or work, you're not going to get involved in, in online disputes and sure. debates, no matter really what the situation is. You just don't have, you don't have the energy for it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just not important to you. I like how you brought up the type of conflict strategy. Um, so I feel like that would be a great way to kind of tie this conversation up yeah. is to talk about there's five com- conflict management strategies. Oh, you better share up. What's going on? Um, <laughs> and one is avoiding. Mm. One conflict management strategy is avoiding because sometimes that is a strategy to deal with conflict. It's, it may not be worth your while to deal with that in that moment at mm-hmm. that particular time. Accommodating is the next management strategy. Okay. Combating usually just means you give in to what the opposing side um, wants. Because I feel like when you accommodate someone, you're making way for them to be pleased. Mm-hmm. And sacrificing your own pleasure? And sacrificing oh, your own. Oh, we're not doing that in 2018. No accommodating in 2018. You hear me? Okay. There can be compromise, mm-hmm. but not accommodating. Which is the next uh, conflict management strategy, uh, compromising. Oh, okay. Look at me being a soothsayer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I want to see. So there's compromising and collaborating. So let me just open this up because I really want to know. My Mac is being stupid. Return of the Mac. Yay. <laughs> One more time. Yes, Eric. <laughs> Return of the Mac. Ooh, I'm cackling. Okay. That's such a 90s song. It's, it's some music that I, I feel like once you turn it on and you hear it, you just, it takes you right back to wherever, yes. um, it, it, you know, the origins of it or, or where it came from. 
So compromising, okay, so let me read a little bit more of that. It, it typically calls for both sides of a conflict to give up elements of their position in order to establish an acceptable, if not agreeable, solution. And I think that's the biggest difference um, between compromising and collaborating because with collaborating, you actually integrate um, a set of ideas by multiple people. Hmm. So I think um, both can be useful. I think depending on the situation, you you know, you may compromise or you or you might feel that collaborating would be um, a better outcome. Um, I think if you're working on like a something to do with business or entrepreneurship, if you're trying to start your own something, whatever whatever that is. Um, I think collaboration would make more sense in that deal, mm -hmm. in, in that situation, um, only because when I look at compromising, it's a little negative in that both sides, not just one, but both sides are giving up what the definition says, elements of their position in order to establish an agreeable solution. Sometimes that doesn't always work out, and I think we're seeing that happen a lot, especially on Capitol Hill, mm -hmm. um, as we see these laws being dished out, people trying to create all different types of laws. Um, and both sides have to always go back and forth until they get to an agreeable solution. And we know that some of these laws ain't shit. Even after they spend a year trying to come to an agreeable solution, it doesn't always work out for the best for the people. Is that compromise, though, what they're doing? Or is that one group kind of just acquiescing and saying, all right, have your shit, and another group just taking advantage. When I think compromise, I think of kind of what we do, mm -hmm. right? Not to give too much of our background processing, mm -hmm. but we literally, when we're deciding on different things for this show, right. come with our own shit, right? Come with our own ideas, our own you know visions for the show, and really spend time to parse out how we can make this thing a cohesive unit. Right. In a way, that's positive and I feel like that's compromise on yeah. Capitol Hill they doing some fuck shit it's a lot of shit I'm just a bill okay sitting on Capitol Hill <laughs> getting written up by 45 and his trill <laughs> but good point P. Ryan um, again I think you know collaboration um, definitely calls for more of a creative solution mm. because I feel like um no one necessarily has to give up anything. Collaboration is kind of like, all right, you take what you got, you take what y'all got. And let's make something together we're gonna pick, that we we're both We're going to make something together. Okay. Compromise, someone may have to give up something. In P. Ryan's example, it could definitely be positive, especially because sometimes you have to compromise. It can't be a situation where you collaborate because ideas can be all over the place. Mm -hmm. I really like your example because <laughs> P. Ryan is right. Sometimes you know he comes with his ideas, I come with mine. If we compromised and put those together, it would be... I mean, if we collaborated and we put all that together, this show could be a mess. Sometimes... Three hours. Right. Okay. And it's a almost there. A mess long. <laughs> it's almost there. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like but that. But where we get the... Not compromise. What was it? Collaboration? Right. Both of them. No, not the collaboration, compromise. but the compromise. We just get understanding. Okay? What, what I need I knew it was from coming, you is understanding. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
How okay. can we communicate? If we don't hear what we say. If we don't hear what we say. Yes, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what? Put me on the cover. I know y'all didn't put candy on there. We could be a scop too. A scop? It's the, aren't they a scop three? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could just be the second version. Anyway, let's, let's, well, sorry. I'm distracted. So let's, <laughs> we're actually going to wrap this conversation it's up. It's lot. The last, the last um, conflict management strategy is competing. Okay. Competition operates as a zero-sum game in which one side wins and the other side loses. And the other side okay. loses. Highly assertive personalities often fall back on competition as a conflict management strategy. Um, I can definitely dig that because I always have to go back to work. <laughs> when you are assertive, which I definitely claim to be, some people can say... You're too vocal. That can be people's response to that. Okay. I've been told that. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're a little too vocal, right? But that can just be, you know, and, and I like how they put out highly assertive people may fall back in certain situations as a conflict management strategy. I definitely do. I pick my battles. I know when it's safe for me to be on the mm. ball field. And I also know when it's like, mm, nah, mm. I'm, I'm going to step off. Okay. The competitive strategy works best in a limited number of conflicts, such as um, emergency situations. So, yeah, what do you really think about competition as a conflict management strategy? I think it's so interesting that you mentioned that assertive people fall back, know when to fall back. According to the definition. Yeah. And I definitely fucks with that. Earlier on, I was talking about how, like, you know, maybe I'm avoiding conflict, like, especially in, like, different contexts. Ah. Because I consider myself to be assertive as fuck, right? Yes. So maybe it's just <laughs> me knowing when to fall back. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing so because I recognize it's, like, not falling back would not be a good situation for myself or for the, the entity that I'm interacting with. I dig mm. that. Something to think about. I think sometimes people fall back to prove a point. Mm. To be like, all right, see when I don't text you. See read when me. I don't call you. No read me. Read you, you know what? Okay. All right, you guys, that was a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> read me, girl. Thanks again. <laughs> I mean, <listening>. boy. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Stop calling me. Stop serious. calling me, girl. <laughs> Stop calling me first lady. I fuck up. We would love to hear you all's feedback on conflict. Yes, um, chickens. You can send it to hunguppod at gmail.com. And you know, Eric, what I effing love is the fact that like jealousy has moved into conflict. Like we really are just continuing the talk, right? Really so guys, are. continue it with us. Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Nice. It's a time for some hung pop. Hey. hey. Hung, hung pop. What? Hung, hung, pop. I feel it twerking. Uh. Hung, hung, pop. Hey, it's the hung, hung, pop. You know what time it is. <laughs> it's the hung, pop. We're so fucking silly, yo. And you know what we give. Hey, hey, it's like the whisper song. Oh my gosh, your dog is licking my hand and freaked me the fuck out. Okay, here we go. Like the whisper song? Though? Okay. <laughs>
Eric, don't sit. Don't take your headphones off. Oh, no, I was about to get them. No, it's fine. I was about to get them like Maurice did on the relationship um, episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got them kids together. In the, I'm going to be get disciplined in the, in the background. <laughs> but yeah. I need to see that movie that that context is from. It's Martin. Oh, oh this really? This is the episode where... The notorious B.I.G. Oh, made his appearance. I'm kind of familiar, but I did not see the episode. That was their their conflict management strategy. Wasn't Patty on an episode of Martin? Oh, I'm sure. Or was she on an episode of another show? I know they like impersonated her. Um, Pam and Gina, they did. Oh, it was actually the same episode. (laughs) It was like a talent show. And I think, I want to say Pam impersonated uh, Patty LaBelle. She did the... The arms and the whole not. I'm not tired. Hey, sing, Patty. Okay, but speaking of, uh, well, we ain't speaking of nothing like this. But basically, the hung pop is Wendy Williams has Graves' disease. Okay. Damn. That's yeah. My heart really goes out to her. Like I'm not gonna lie. We. How did that come out? If you listen to the show, well, she said it, oh, and she okay. said she's actually taking a break from the show. Really. For about three-ish weeks. Um, if you listen to our show, you know that we have had a very roller coaster ride with Miss P. Williams. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm still going to crack jokes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Miss Capital P. Williams. Miss Capital P. Williams. <laughs> but, you know, when somebody is sick, we kind of have to, you know, be empathetic to that. Um, I do feel for Wendy. I really do hope she has a full recovery because at the end of the day I was a high schooler listening to her on Power 99 at 4 o'clock um, and then I also still tune into her show to listen to the hot topics because that's all I found find interesting um, but at the same time I you know I can have empathy and still say that some of the things that she has been saying about celebrities is really fucked up right. and you need to sweep in front of your porch before you sweep anybody else's right um, one thing that, you know, we should know about Graves is autoimmune disease, um, kind of like an overactive thyroid type thing. I was texting Eric today, and if you look up, if you image search Graves disease, just know your spirit will be shook because a lot, Mine like was. a characteristic of it is like eyeballs bulging. Yeah. Um, Missy Elliott has Graves disease, so it really, it, and you know, she, uh, on Kiss and Tell Radio, it's another podcast, they mentioned that Missy in early 2000s is not the same Missy it doesn't look the same as Missy today. And it's because of that kind of Graves disease. Um, so I really do, you know, feel for Wendy. I still truly believe that there's more to what she's going through than Graves disease. And mm-hmm. um, I happened to do my Googles. Come and on, it Google. did say that, you know, chronic use of illicit drugs can contribute to the experience of Graves disease. So Get me together, Holy Ghost. I don't want to give her too much, but honestly, whatever she's going through, definitely Wendy Williams, we are praying for you. The Hung Up Pod does support you, and we just want you to be your best and well self. We also want to hold you accountable and tell you, you know, you don't have to be so evil to yeah. create good content. What did Whitney you weren't tell on you? Power 99. What did Whitney tell you when you was on Power 99? Watch what you say, baby girl. That's all I'm asking you is watch what But even on Power 99, she really wasn't as ruthless as she was as she is now. And so we just have to highlight that, but at the same time, we definitely do wish you the best. And that's the hung pop. Nice. Let's move on to the hung music. 
Speaking of Wendy Williams, oh, I'm sorry, we're not going to do the. Uh, clip. Oh, well, I mean, I we did talk about so <laughs> um, on the Black Gay Love series. We did talk about how Wendy said that Beyonce needs auto tune. P. Ryan, when did she make that mention? Maybe of the auto tune. Oh, she made it. It was after Fergie. Oh, it was it was in response to Fergie. She was oh, like, Fergie needs auto tune. J Lo needs auto tune Beyonce. And so, you know, I'm not even going to because when you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. So I'm not even going to mess with clownery and foolery from that show. Um, Beyonce does not need auto tune. She's sung live plenty of times. Okay, Wendy. Let me play the clown. Mm-hmm. There are only a few people who can sing Raw Dog. And Raw Dog. is not one. She needs auto tune. Jen Lopez needs auto tune. And Janet needs auto tune. And Beyonce needs auto tune. What's crazy is none of these girls really need auto tune. Adele, Aretha, Celine, Dionne Warwick, and Mariah. Okay, pause that. Because if you listen to Aretha's last album, that Rolling in the Deep thing that she was doing she with um, <laughs> with Sissy Houston in the background making faces. <laughs> She needed some auto-tune, and she has auto-tune on every single song because her voice is not kept up. B, even Janet. Don't do Janet, because she gives you a live vocal. I was going to say, we talked about one of her tours. I can't remember what episode it was, but I watched it live on YouTube. Mm -hmm. She sings. All you need to do, if you YouTube, I Get So Lonely Acoustic, Janet shows you she can sing. Yeah. Live. Okay? J-Lo sings live and dances. Girl... Stop talking about what you don't know about. Okay? All right. So we're going to wrap Wendy up. Okay. <laughs> in a like nice a little, sandwich. Like a little... Okay. All right. A sandwich that I need. So we're doing hungry music now, right? Yes, Bill. So have you had a chance to check out the Top Off single produced by DJ Khaled? As soon as you sent it to me, I think that same day was Sunday that you sent it to I me? So. You sent it to me Saturday. One of the, you sent it to me over the weekend, child. But then when I went on my run, I decided to listen to it. So, yeah. How do you feel about it? Oh, okay. So, it wasn't like... I was... You know Plain Jane is my shit, mm-hmm. right? By ASAP Ferg. Mm-hmm. And a specific, specifically, the Plain Jane remix with Nikki. Yeah, she kills it. I to me, like it was Nikki not like a Plain that, Jane. But, she, yeah. but when I was listening to B, I was just like, girl, I'm dissecting everything you say, Okay. Number two, but I or top two, but I ain't number two. Mm-hmm. She's talking about Kim. her and Kim Kardashian. Kim. Well, so I'm reading this from Hollywood Gossip. They yeah. broke her lyrics down a little bit more. They think they really they they think that Beyonce is really coming for Kim. Okay. She goes on to say, "My body, my ice, my cash, all real. I'm a triple threat." Threat. So they were saying that they were basically calling her out for using her body mm-hmm. um, to get all of her attention and accolade. And Beyonce is saying, I'm a triple threat. Um, to wrap her music up, I wanted to mention um, a show. I know earlier in this conversation, I, I talked about Hollywood Medium. I think I was just triggered because I, I wanted to talk about it now. Oh, the white man? Yes, Tyler Henry. Oh, let me tell you about these mediums, though. Re- remember the story of the Witch of Endor. You know, I don't know if I, I got to fall back on this one because my Old Testament still lives. <laughs> fall back. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got into mediums with um, Teresa. She's like a Long Island medium. I'm not really sure if she still has her show. But, you know, just going around and really changing people's lives. And and you saw that um, on this episode of Hollywood Medium with Tyler Henry. Um, 
He sat down with Eva Longoria in the most recent episode, gave her her life, sat down with one of the girls from Jersey Shore. I can't remember her name. Um, helped Snooki, her out with something. J-Y? J-Y? J-Y, yes. J-Y. <laughs> you got it. And I'm falling last, back again. And then the last person that he went and sat down with was Bobby Brown. So I thought that this session was like really interesting, so I wanted to bring it to the Hung Music segment. So... Tyler didn't really even know who Bobby Brown was. Which I'm sure. I'm not surprised. About, okay. Right. Is he white? <laughs> and young. But it's just Tyler. Like <laughs> I'm sure white folks, some white folks know Bobby Brown, but Tyler, nah. <laughs> the, <young White> <laughs> the White Walkers in training. Okay. <laughs> well, no, we're not gonna call we so White Walker is a very specific group of white folks, so we're not gonna put that on him because we don't know if he's um if he fall, if he's not down, cause some of them down, some I of them too be down. down, some of them too down. What you're going through? So he got to Bobby's house. They sit down. He immediately um, starts talking about his father. He's like, okay, I, you know, this man is coming forward, and Tyler describes him, and Bobby's like, okay, that's my dad. They have this conversation about his father. Bobby is crying his eyes out. Um, mostly because he Tyler was communicating things to Bobby that he felt like he needed to know as a child. So, for example, um, you know, his father kind of just letting him know, listen, I know I didn't tell you I loved you enough. I know I didn't give you enough hugs. Mm-hmm. But looking back in retrospect, I should have done those things. So after they talk about the dad, Tyler then says, okay, a woman is coming forward. He's like, a woman? He's like, okay. He's, and, and the way Tyler describes it, he's like, I don't see faces. He just sees, um, how did he describe it? He said he communicates messages. He said he doesn't always see their face. Um, but sometimes I guess they can uh, manifest themselves in a light mm-hmm. or some type of object. So he kept saying, like, okay, there's a woman coming forward. Mind you, he does not know who Bobby Brown is, so he definitely don't know that he was married to Whitney Houston. Okay. So he's like, all right, a woman's coming forward. And she keeps putting emphasis on her heart. She keeps saying her heart, her heart, no matter how I died, I need them to know about the heart. That's what he said verbatim. So then he asked Bobby. He said, has there been any recent discussion surrounding a recent death that involved their heart? And Bobby agreed immediately. He said, yeah, my ex-wife. Henry goes on to say that She's, she acknowledged that she used drugs all her life, all throughout her life, but she wanted people to know that's not how she died. She said that she acknowledged that she had done heavy drugs all her life, but she said, this time, I just did what I normally do, but it's my heart. She kept putting emphasis on the heart. He then said that she communicated... <laughs> I'm so sorry. What? Go ahead. No, continue. Okay. Continue. She then goes and says that she gives Bobby kind of like a leeway, because I guess Bobby had started a whole new relationship since the passing of Whitney. And she acknowledges that and says that moving on with his life, she approved and she gave a thumbs up, which I thought was kind of interesting because Whitney did that all the time. She always gave a thumbs up. (laughs) So I'm wondering, like... Can Tyler really, like, see? Maybe sometimes he can. Let me tell you, Tyler can Google, okay? 
And he can read an autopsy report. You didn't sound they, like my mama. Didn't they? Okay. Because you me and your mama have discernment. Right okay. But you also say we're too religious sometimes on this podcast. So we're going to scale it back. Yes, you did. When? Because it was one day I wanted to do something. And you said, no, 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 Eric. I, the feedback I've gotten is that we're way too religious and we're not going to do that. Okay. So we too so religious we're because right of now. the audience. But we ain't too religious because of who we are. Okay. <laughs> But the audience is listening. Okay, the audience is listening. <laughs> and some of y'all might believe in mediums, just like you might believe in astrology. It's all types of stuff out there, right? So, let me pick up where... I'm sorry, I lost my, my point here. She acknowledged Bobby moving on with his life, gave him a thumbs up. She then comes forward with a child. Remind you, like, Tyler doesn't know, like, who these people are. He just says she's coming forward with the child, and the child wants the world to know that her mom was with her at that moment when she transitioned. Bobby mentioned that when Whitney died, he and Bobby Christina had become really estranged, and we saw a lot of that play out on the tabloids. Mm -hmm. The daughter comes forward in this reading and says that, listen, my dad wasn't to blame for anything. I felt loved when I transitioned. I knew that I was loved despite what the world said about me and all the things that were surrounding my death and all the family issues that were going on. At this point, Bobby then pulls out a picture. And it's a picture of him and Bobby Christina. Tyler became visually overwhelmed, like emotionally overwhelmed, because then he realized that the voices that he was communicating were Whitney and Bobby Christina. Mercy, mercy. Um, so, I, you know, I know that there's skepticism out there, and, and I get that, and I respect it. Um, I do think that some people are gifted on this earth, and being able to communicate um, with the dead is just one of many gifts that maybe a really small percentage of the people living on this planet... Um, have been gifted with. I don't know. I just know that when the Witcher of Endor tried to communicate with Samuel, that shook up all of um, the king at the time shit. See, that's some religious stuff, though. And that's why I said... Okay, I'm going to pull it back. That's why I said I'm going to pull it back through this whole time. My mom won't even watch certain stuff on TV because she claims it's witchcraft. And I feel like it gets to a point where it's foolish, y'all. Did you say witchcraft? She thinks... She will call anything witchcraft that she feels and wizardry, okay? Witchcraft and niggardry. Lord, <laughs> none of the nieces and nephews, poor things, they don't know nothing about Lord of the Rings because they're okay. not allowed to watch it. Because the song. only Lord of the Rings I saw <laughs> is the Trinity. <laughs> y'all, let y'all kids live, y'all. Like, oh my God. I feel so sorry for kids like that because I was one of those kids. Like, okay, we gonna crown him Lord of all of all the rings. Okay, and then you get nineteen twenty, and then you can't have a conversation about Ooh, something, and you, and you realize that you have been so overly sheltered. Which we had a conversation about that. Yes, in your life, and I think religion always no, no, it doesn't always, but a lot of times it just plays a lot into that where, you know. This is in the Bible, and oh no, that is this, and this, and that, that, and that. it's like okay, like look, <laughs> live and let live. Sometimes, <laughs> mm. amen. <laughs> well, child, I appreciate you for this little segment. You better go ahead with the witches and Hogwarts and all them. Y'all hear him? <laughs> no judgment. Okay, I'm smiling at you. I'm okay with it. So it's. 
What's what's the what's the witchcraft? Being able to see something? Let me tell you. So my words that there's a spiritual wickedness in high places and all I have to go after is the all I have to go off of is the blueprint. Just look up the witch of Endor in the what Old Testament. That? Okay. Google use your Googles. Okay. We can Google it after here. And we'll read the verse for ourselves, okay? Okay. <laughs> Church folks, we call it anything, anything. Oh, not me. Okay, <laughs> Loki, this pastor that I sing for, for the coins, he does call everything witchcraft. But I will say, listen, oh, let me look it up. The Witch of Endor. I'm continue. Let we go into the hung no, up. No, that and was hang it. Up. That's that's hung music, and we can move right on into the hung pop after you do your biblical research. Okay. So we can get the people together in Hebrew. In the Hebrew Bible, the witch of Endor was a woman who summoned the prophet Samuel's spirit. Okay, I got that right. At the demand of Saul of the kingdom of Israel in the first book of Samuel, oh, yes. the witch is absent from the version of that event that. recounted in the De- Deuteronomy. De- okay. Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy. Book of. <laughs> you know what? Y'all bitch? know, I don't know. Okay. Let me- so basically, he was up in. <laughs> We're going to do Bible study after this. But basically, the witch of Endor fucked Saul's shit up, okay? She brought somebody back from the dead. Yeah, because Samuel was just like, bitch, why did you call me up from the dead when you should have trusted the Lord? Now you call me up here and all your shit is fucked up. I'm going to shake the table. Which is really interesting because, you guys, I just watched the, I think it's on HBO. It's like a um, a special with Anna. Uh, Anna Wintour? No. Who? It's called Notes from the Field. Uh-uh. Her first name is Anna. She's an amazing actress. I last saw her on Nurse Jackie. If people were Anna Paquin, that. it's called Notes of a Field. But it's interesting because she um, plays a witch. No, see, this is how church folks do. It's a snowball effect. <laughs> I'm y'all. trying to see what she's saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> I love this. I love this. Um, Anna Devere. In one of her sermons, um, that she she like impersonated a lot of different people in this uh, one woman show. She impersonated the pastor that spoke over um, the death of which one of the one of the young men who was shot and killed. I'm not about to pick death. I can't think. Is. I can't remember which which boy it was, but she she spoke over it, and she actually um, the pastor used a quote from the Bible, not in not in that chapter, but it was another quote where um, someone came. Well, it was Jesus actually, so I guess he can raise the dead. Jesus came and told someone to get up, rise up, <laughs> and he gave the child okay. back to his mother at hey. the funeral. But I so guess the New Testament. Jesus can do it. Okay. <laughs> All right, bitch. We really into the word. Um, let's get to the hung up or hanging up because this is a late ass show. It's eleven o'clock. What you doing? So I am hung up. I don't know though if I'm hung up on Shonda Rhimes, Kerry Washington, Viola Davis, oh, or Cecily Tyson. The oh, all I am. Okay, <laughs> beat them up. Okay, that was so much. Let me tone it down. Anyway, I am hung up on all of them. I caught up with How to Get Away with a Scandal. It shook my life yesterday during the snow day. I, like, <laughs> teared up a little bit. I loved how um, Cicely at one time was just, like, talking about black women. Sometimes I think this whole country would fall apart if we weren't around to clean up all the mess. And it was just, it was so powerful because she had just spilled stew on Carrie. Because she was like, the mother of 
of Viola. Viola right. So she was helping Carrie clean up her shit. All that damn food. She Girl, was, you got to eat. No, at the same time, <laughs> Viola was cleaning up the mess for like other people who were going through injustice. And then she highlighted the fact that, yo, Carrie spent her entire career, right? Because, you know, we're ending the seasons of Scandal, the series of Scandal. Carrie spent her entire career cleaning up all of these white people shit. She was like, you cleaned up the male president, the female president, and you never took time to clean up your own shit. And it was just so powerful, and it like Especially Shonda is a genius, and she. A lot just, of people can't get to Olivia like that. Yeah, yeah. And the social commentary that Shonda makes on like, I don't want to call it necessarily like mammy culture, but the fact that black women and we talked about the burden black women have to carry, like last episode, but the fact that black women have to like, or are positioned in this world to clean up so much of like white people's shit, so much of black men's shit. So much of everybody's shit and never really have time to like clean up their own shit. Yeah. It was such a powerful moment. And so I really am just hung up on Shonda for writing this, on Carrie and Viola and Cicely for acting this out. Ooh, I speak your name. And I really appreciate all that you guys do through these shows. It yes. may seem like a whole bunch of drama and a whole bunch of mess, and I can't wait for how to get away with next week, but Hats off to you guys. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I got an email today. I get emails from Spotlit. Shout out to y'all. Um, they pretty much email out every week everything happening in black entertainment and media. And I got an email from them today and was very pleased to read that um, Viola Davis and Lupita will be starring in a tri-star picture called The Woman King, a true story about a powerful African all-female military unit of the United of the kingdom of Dahomey. Forgive me if I mispronounce that. So um, Viola Davis and Lupita will be stars. They will be in this new movie. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, uh, an African all-female military unit. It's going to be mm. interesting. Yes, and I can't wait. Because those are actresses, okay? Yes. So this week, I am hung up on Corey Champagne. I've been champagne bottles of love. stalking him. No, Shout I'm not stalking Peter him, girls. but he goes live a lot on IG, and I've been watching. But Corey, no, I'm just really, um, really just here for you as a young black man. I believe he's 23 or 24, um, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he, let's see... Trying to give y'all... Well, where I know him from, where I really got hung up on is on 7 Seconds. And I know I mentioned that um, last week. But he's also been in Shoot Brother that came out in 2016. Um, he was in Selma that came out in 2014. So, you know, Corey is a young black man from the ATL who has a few notches under his belt. But he is moving onward and upward onto bigger and better things. And, you know, I've really been... Um, digging your post and um, watching some of your live videos. You're just very positive, very positive, And you just keep smiling. Just keep smiling and keep doing your thing. Seven Seconds was amazing. Um, in Seven Seconds, he plays a best friend to the young boy who was hit. Um, a, young, a young boy was hit by a, a young black boy was hit by a white police officer. And um, we find out later that um, it was a whole cover-up. And so there's 10 episodes, and Corey actually plays the young man's boyfriend. So 
the young man who got hit by this car is a very religious family. Regina King plays the mother. Very, very, very religious. They're trying to find out what happened to their son. Corey is really the only one who knows what happened because he was with him. But it took so much for him. And mind you, Corey is slinging drugs on seven seconds. He's selling drugs so that way he and his boyfriend can actually get a make a getaway and get out. Um, Corey's the only one who knows, but it, it takes a lot for him to muster up the strength to face the father of the deceased son, to explain to him how he knew his son. You guys have to check out Seven Seconds. It's just amazing. And Corey, y'all will see while I'm like standing for him. Like he's he's just great. And we need more black men who are willing to play these type of roles to break down those barriers and to open up um, a conversation about our relationships with each other inside of our community and in our bedrooms. So that way okay, bedrooms. we're not, you know, some people argue that's why we have this whole DL thing in the black community. I don't know if other races have a DL mm-hmm. thing, but there's a lot of stuff that we just don't talk about. And it's really interesting to see how Regina King, because, you know, they're all very much heavily involved in church. It's really interesting to see how the death of her son, how should I put it? It, it changes her. It does something to her. And it's interesting to see what happens to someone who was so faithful, so loyal. Okay. What happens when something literally breaks you in half? Check out Seven Seconds, y'all. Yes. <laughs> and baby, thanks for checking out another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. Yes, sir. As always, I am P. Ryan. Find my ass on Instagram literally. and Twitter. On, on Tumblr. You can find my ass on Jacked and on Tumblr. Oh, but find me on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. It's me. It's Eric. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Find us both babies on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. All that. Continue to email us. Show us love, feedback. If you have questions for yes. us, if you're dealing with a fuck nigga yes. and you want to know how to swerve that ass. Dump him. That's how. Okay. <laughs> email us at HungUpPod at gmail.com. And we thank you guys so much for your ratings. Literally, we thank you for your letters. If we could spend a whole episode on the letters, we would. And we will if you guys send us enough. So keep your ratings coming. Keep your letters coming. Keep all of your love coming. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Anywhere that you can find a man and find another one the next day. Okay? Because we are all about empowerment. All about empowerment. Yes. And I'm really feeling a way about SoundCloud. SoundCloud literally is our bread, like I was butter, sleeping a little bit cheese, on SoundCloud. I thought y'all were grapes, all of it. I, okay. We're here for it. But again, we thank you guys so much, and we can't wait to see you next week. Next week. Y'all have a great week. Peace. Bye.